You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome to Disney One by One. This week we're talking about Hercules from 1997. This is the 35th movie on the list. And as always, you can check us out all over the internet at Disney One X One. And if you could give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we would love that. And we'll read it here on the show. And with me this week, as always, is my brother David Rolfing, the the pain to my panic. David, welcome <laughs> oh, to Disney wow. One by One. I don't know which one's more insulting to be pain <laughs> or panic. Thank you for having me back. It's been a while since we've recorded. I'm excited to continue through the list, the never-ending list. Yeah, we're, we're releasing weekly, but we do stockpile these a little bit. We're, we're catching up to our stockpile, so we should probably uh, do a few more of these. And joining us today, a returning guest. Our, uh, this is the second time he's been on the show. He joined us for fun and fancy free way back in the day. Joe Kuiper, welcome. I'm sorry, Joe. Sorry for putting you through that one. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'm honored to be on the show anytime, but uh, Fun and Fancy Free was uh, truly an interesting experience, and I'm glad to do Hercules, a movie that I've known and loved for a long time. Yeah, I've had you penciled in for this show for a while. I think David might have mentioned that you liked it a lot. So, Oh, yeah. It's one of, one of my top Disney movies. And uh, Fun and Fancy Free, that was the one with, with Bongo and, yeah, Bongo. And, and Mickey and the Beanstalk. <laughs> and some ventriloquist dummies. Yeah, and, uh, and, oh my and gosh. Puppets. <laughs> it got weird toward the end. In the in the, like the the fetish house. Yes. Just a little kid who invited over her old neighbor or vice versa. Yeah, that one was way back in nineteen forty seven and we released that way back in February, so it's good to have you back. That one did make my Bottom five, <laughs> which I guess that can be the introduction to this segment. Yeah. So this is episode 35. So I think we last updated our top 10 lists on episode 25, I believe, which was the Black Cauldron. Yeah. Chris, Chris moderated that. So Joe, uh, we've updated our top 10s. So this is our top 10 of the first 35. Anything after Hercules does not qualify. So go ahead and, and, and lead the way. And then our, bo- our bottom five, which I was mentioning. I'm excited to hear both. I think I'm more excited to hear the bottom five, but we'll get to that. So let's start with uh, your new and improved top tens. David, what's your number 10? Number 10 for me is The Jungle Book. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yes. All right, Mike, what's your number 10? My number 10 is 101 Dalmatians. This was a little higher up last time we did this, but uh, it's, it's staying on the list. Number nine, David. Number nine, Sleeping Beauty. The animation of that film still trumps a lot of these later movies, so it just still stands out to me as being a beautiful movie that I really, really liked. Uh, All right, number nine for Mike. My number nine is Rescuers Down Under. I had not seen this movie until we reviewed it a couple weeks ago, and it blew me away. Loved it. I'm sure it'll be more special after interviewing the composer. Right? Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't listened to that yet, we did release an interview with the composer of the film, Bruce Bruce Broughton. Uh, he's a really nice guy, and it was a really fun conversation. So check that out if you haven't already. All right. Number eight, David. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Wow. I really... I don't know. I read those books as a little kid. It's very nostalgic to me, and it's just such a heartwarming story. I didn't even realize that uh, they were part of the Disney franchise, Winnie the Pooh, but that makes sense to me. Yep. Everything is nowadays. (laughs) Number eight for Mike. (laughs) 
My number eight, this may come a little lower than you might expect, but my number eight is Aladdin. It's great. Oh, not even in the top five this far in. That's, that's interesting. Number seven, David. Number seven, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Whoa. Which we talked about last week. You heard my thoughts then, but I really enjoyed the darkness and the just how different it is. I think it's still a really good story. All right. And for Mike. We're on seven. Yeah. My yeah. number seven is Peter Pan. Hanging in there. Number six, David. Number six, Pocahontas. Mm. Colors of the wind blowing through my hair. <laughs> that one did not make my 10. I, I, I tried to get it in there somewhere. And kind of the same with you, David, like Sleeping Beauty. Pocahontas was just beautiful. Yeah. The animation was. was so good. I may have to alter that later. All right. Number six, Mike. My number six is Bambi. I've talked a few times how much I was surprised and amazed by this movie. Talk about beautiful. Number six, Bambi. And the top five, David. Number five, Rescuers Down Under. Mm -hmm. Oh. It's just different. It's not a musical. It's just like an adventure story. The score is great from our friend Bruce. Rescuers. <laughs> it's good. Way better than the prequel to The Rescuers. Number five, Mike. My number five is Dumbo. Throwing a classic in there. All right. Well, on to number four for David. Number four, our very own Hercules. Oh, wow. Wow. We just spoiled this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, David likes this one a little bit. (laughs) I won't say anything else. (laughs) All right. Number four, Mike. My number four, Beauty and the Beast. Mm, It is. A tale as old as time. It's so good. David didn't like it, but. It's pretty great. Number three, David. Number three, <laughs> Robin Hood. The hamster dance. The hamster dance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Number three, Mike. Number three, appropriately, is the three caballeros. Still up there. Still <laughs> holding strong. <laughs> Excuse me. David's Sorry, I'm, dying. I'm recovering from a cold, and that triggered me. <laughs> Uh, number two, David. Number two, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to like it as much as I did, but I love the movie as well as the cartoon show, which I watched on Toon Disney. Number two for Mike. My number two, The Lion King. The king has been dethroned. Oh, no. <laughs> what? By who? <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. Ooh, you have to oh, wait a minute. Goodness. Honestly, I didn't even realize Lion King came before Hercules, but this would have been number one on anyone else's list. Yep. All right, David, what is your number one overall so far? Oh, you know it. Lion King. There it is. <laughs> As it should be. Yes. <laughs> There's a reason King is in the title. All right, Mike, what is your number one then? Let me guess. Well, there's a king in it. Robin Hood. Yeah, you got it. I got Robin Hood number one. Oh. I was thinking there's a king in the title. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, the sword and the stone. No. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had to do it. I think Rob, Robin Hood of all these so far has been the one that just really has resonated with me the the most. Just the combination of nostalgia and just being an amazing movie. Robin Hood is atop my list. It could change. My opinions could change even, even with movies we've already watched, but that's where I've settled in today. Interesting. A solid top 10 for you both. And uh, as we mentioned, we have put together our bottom five of these top 35. So, Joe, lead the Indeed. way. All right. So, what is your bottom five starting at five for Mike? 
My bottom number five is the Black Cauldron. Oh man, it was just—it was just not good. <laughs> we had a fun conversation about it, but I have no reason to ever watch it again. I remember enjoying that one, despite its creepiness. It shouldn't have been a child's movie, but that's okay. Number five for David. Number five, the OG Snow White. What? Wow. It's not very good. That that made it into my top ten on our episode twenty five. It just I just kind of knocked it out this time around. But the quality has gone up significantly. I think in the last ten movies, Snow White was made in nineteen thirty seven, and it is still looks pretty darn good. I would I wouldn't necessarily compare the quality. The quality of the overall film. I'm not saying animation okay. All quality. Right. <laughs> All right, on to number four for Mike. Yeah, my number four worst is The Sword of the Stone. Basically the same as Black Cauldron. I just didn't really like it. They always feel like similar movies to me, too. Yeah, and know. they do seem pretty... Yeah, kind of, I'm probably getting them mixed up in my head. All right, number four for David. Fun and fancy... Actually, never mind. I was meant to switch these around in my head, and then I just read it right off of the paper. <laughs> uh... No, that's right. Fun and fancy free, number four. Okay. Which we mentioned earlier. (laughs) Yeah, that was Joe's episode, so I'm sorry, Joe, for such a terrible movie. I, I too, am sorry that I was forced to watch this. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It was an okay movie. I think the the ventriloquist puts him on this bottom five automatically. It was a a weird one. I'll give you that. All right, number three for Mike. Yeah, my number three worst. I I had to think about these for a while, and there's, there's many reasons. But I put Cinderella as my number three worst. Ah, Despite uh. being a a classic, it was not at all what I expected. And I just didn't really enjoy it very much. It was a giant cat and mouse movie, literally. And so with that, it's my number three bottom. Interesting. All right. Number three for David. Number three. This might piss some people off, but you might be getting two movies confused. Fantasia is my number three. It was boring. It was <laughs> not that impressive. It had a couple of good segments, but overall, I just did not like it. All right, make this straight in my head for me. Is Fantasia the one with Satan in one of the sequences? So there's there are repeat segments. Mickey uh... and the Mickey with the magic hat is in both of them. Okay, what about the dinosaurs? That's that's Fantasia, the original. Oh, I do like that movie then. You're wrong. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Fantasia in 2001 or whatever. 2000. Yeah. 2000, yeah. It's okay. way better. All right, on to number two for Mike. My number two worst movie is Fun and Fancy Free. We're on the same page here. Can't fault that. Number two for David. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. <laughs> a weird movie. Not weird in a good way either. <laughs> All right, number one, Mike. My number one, David. We're we're thinking alike. My number one least favorite movie was Fantasia. Oh wow! Again, because I think I think the fact, just like Cinderella, that is such a classic, moves it even lower for me. I would disagree that it wasn't impressive. I th- I thought it was. It's an incredible technical feat, but it's so boring that yeah. I just couldn't get over that. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to watch Fantasia 2000 again because. As we've said, I think it's considerably better. Bring on the hate, but I just just wasn't my thing, unfortunately. Speaking of bringing on the hate, my number one. You're going to say three caballeros. <laughs> three caballeros. That is such bull. That is such bull. It is wow. 
It was way overhyped my entire life by my <laughs> older brother, Michael. <laughs> and I, it came in a time of this show where we were going through great classics like Final Fantasy Free, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Saludos Amigos, and Three Caballeros is just the cap of a bad time at Disney, this in is my such, opinion. It's such bull because you're just doing this to make me mad because Three Caballeros was only the second package film. I'm just saying, in my mind, <laughs> it's, the, it's the standout out of the pack of bad ones. All right, whatever. <laughs> Joe, anything exciting going on in your life? Oh, man. I wish that I had anything exciting going on in my life. Uh, I just work from 6 to 6 doing some surgery med school stuff, and then I come home, play some Fortnite, and go to sleep. Do you watch the <laughs> Frozen 2 trailer every day? Man, I wish I did. Uh, I am actually excited for that movie. I recently actually watched... Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Oh, I did a, too. A I watched thing. it like a week ago. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, the original was way better, but agreed. Okay. It still still was a good movie. What are you doing surgery on? Uh, I'm doing trauma surgery right now. So yikes! Uh, largely motor vehicle accidents, your typical gunshot wounds, stabs. You know the usual stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I actually, like it a lot. Yeah, I don't have much. I don't have much of a response to that other than all right. Lightsaber wounds. Oh, I wish that would be amazing. Those would be easy. Automatically cauterized. Yes. All right. Well, with that, uh, <laughs> bummer. <laughs> Just bringing bummer the mood way down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll get, we'll move on to Hercules. And now our feature presentation. Long ago, in the faraway land of ancient Greece, there was a golden age of powerful gods and extraordinary heroes. And the greatest and strongest of all these heroes was the mighty Hercules. But what is the measure of a true hero? Now, that is what our story... Will you listen to him? He's making the story sound like some Greek tragedy. Lighten up, dude. We'll take it from here, darling. Hercules, uh, the movie was pitched in 1992 by a guy named Joe Hader. I think he was an animator at Disney. He pitched it as a set during the Trojan War where both sides are trying to get Hercules as their secret weapon. And in the end, he learns humility and realizes that strength isn't always the answer. So these movies certainly go through some changes in development. There were 30, at least 30 different things pitched in this meeting, and he was reluctant to even pitch this because someone else pitched a version of the Odyssey in the same meeting. But he did it, and it was approved, and went into development, and then... Joe Hader never worked on it again. <laughs> Fresh off of Aladdin, Ron Clements and John Musker, they uh, started working on Treasure Planet. That was an, an idea that they had uh, Treasure Island in space that they had pitched endlessly and it never it was never getting it never got approved but they kept bringing it up because they wanted to work on it jeffrey katzenberg who was the then uh, chairman of walt disney studios didn't really like the idea of treasure planet so he said if you make me one more movie that's commercially viable i will then green light treasure planet so musker and clements had done little mermaid they did uh what am i missing they did aladdin like i said so they've made they made some great movies they wanted to make treasure planet and katzenberg said you can do it but you have to make something else first so they went through a few different ideas they went through don quixote the odyssey as i mentioned around the world in 80 days and they eventually settled on that hercules pitch because they thought it'd be fun to make their own superhero movie 
Nice. They consulted the work of many different Greek mythology experts, but then decided not to really portray the traditional Hercules story because of, I think, in the original story, he's like an illegitimate child, and there's some things they didn't want to incorporate, and so they kind of rewrote it themselves. Casting for this movie, uh, Donny Osmond originally auditioned for Hercules, but they decided his voice was too deep. He eventually played the uh, one of the guys in Mulan. He sings, let's get down to business. Um, they eventually went with a guy named Tate Donovan, who the name didn't sound familiar, but he looked very familiar to me if you if you search his, his face. Uh, when writing the part of Phil, the uh, sort of Yoda character in this movie, they had Danny DeVito in mind, but he turned down the role, and so they auditioned a few other folks, including Ed Asner and Ornus Borgnine, and a few others. They didn't like any of them, so they reapproached Danny DeVito, and he agreed to do it. He caved and joined in as Phil. He's also a little Obi-Wan-y, too. We got a little... He takes him to Moss Eisley. Yeah. Uh, so, and then and then Hades, the character of Hades was, was the toughest one for them to cast. They originally approached Jack Nicholson about the role. He wanted way too much money and money from merchandise, and so they said, no thanks. They uh, tried out John Lithgow. They worked with him on this movie for like nine months, but they eventually didn't like what he was doing, so they got rid of him. They auditioned Ron Silver, James Coburn, Kevin Spacey, Phil Hartman, and Martin Landau. Didn't like any of them. They eventually settled on James Woods. He was hired in October of 1995. What do we know James Woods from, guys? Family guy for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he plays, he's the principal of the high school, right? Is that what uh, it is? I thought he just plays James Woods. Right, who's like the principal oh, yeah. of the high school. I yeah, think. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what his role was. Or, or I think the high school's named after him. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because it's set it's set in Rhode Island, which is where he's from. <laughs> so random they <laughs> chose to do that. They the directors really liked his sort of laid back portrayal of, of Hades, which is really one of the best parts of this movie. So they went through a lot of of trial and error before they settled on that. So for the look and feel of this movie, the directors went after this guy named Gerald Scarf who is a British cartoonist. They brought him on as a production as a production designer. They loved his style and found it kind of reminiscent of old Greek vase paintings, which you see quite a bit in this movie. He produced over 700 drawings throughout the process and helped them uh, with the design of many of the characters and backgrounds and the overall design of the movie. The filmmakers visited Greece and Turkey in early 1995 to get some more inspiration. And almost 700 artists, animators, and technicians worked on this movie in California. And uh, the Walt Disney Animation Satellite Office in France, which we mentioned last week, made about 10 minutes of the movie. There's a bunch of computer animation in this movie, at least at the end, led by Roger Gould and the CG department at Disney. Um, they created the Hydra sequence, which I'm, sure, which I'm sure was groundbreaking at the time, but quite dated today. Yes. They originally sculpted the Hydra in clay and then made a digitized wireframe version of it and animated that in computers. So the music, obviously a big part of these Disney movies. Guess who's back? Mr. Alan Menken returns, this time with lyricist David Zippel. I was reading about their partnership. The two of them wrote a song in Captain America. <laughs> There's a song called Star Spangled Man, which I haven't seen the movie in forever, but it's just like, it sounds like a Sousa, like classic American tune. I'll have to, I'll just play it here. Who will campaign door to door for America? Carry the flag shore to shore for America. From Hoboken to Spokane. The Star Spangled Man, the Oh, sounds cool. Yeah, you can you hear it. Yes. <laughs> he puts the songs in and post. Yeah, I do. I think I do. 
they decided to go with a gospel style of music. This was actually suggested by the by the director Musker. Mencken wanted to do something a little more classic sounding, a little more Greek sounding, but Musker insisted on the gospel music. There's a quote from him saying that gospel is a storytelling kind of music. It can be exhilarating, especially when it gets everyone on their feet. We're looking for a more modern equivalent for the Greek references, and this style of music seemed to be entertaining and a real departure at the same time. So they went that route, and it really is a lot of fun. At one point, they wanted the Spice Girls to play, be the, the voices and the singing voices of the, of the muses, but there were scheduling conflicts, thankfully. I don't know how that would have worked. <laughs> the album and the movie features a, a pop version of Go the Distance sung by the one and only Michael Bolton. Another just awful dated version of the song that plays in the credits. The Spanish version of the song was sung by Ricky Martin. The song was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song and a Golden Globe for Best Original Song, but both of those were beat out by, can you guess, what was the biggest song in 1995? Or, sorry, 97. We, we were four years old. Yeah, I was too young then. It was uh, My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. Oh, of course. On February 4th, 1997, Disney began a giant marketing campaign. It began with a five-month traveling tour where they traveled the movie around, I think, or at least just, like, I don't even know. It might not even been the movie. It was called Disney's Hercules Mega Mall Tour, sponsored by Chevy Venture. They traveled around to 20 different cities uh, with 11 different attractions, including a stage show, a miniature carousel with Pegasus on it, a carnival with Hercules-themed game booths, and a animation workshop hosted by Andres Deja. I guess he traveled with the show. He was the main animator on Hercules. And he would teach kids how to draw Hercules. So that might even not, that might not even have included the movie. It might have just been this tour. I'm not sure. Because the movie premiered on June 14th of 1997 um, in Times Square, uh, followed by an electric light parade that went all through New York City. Apparently, New Yorkers are not very happy about this because they basically shut down the town for, for Disney. The film was accompanied by a giant marketing campaign. They licensed the movie to 85 different places, including McDonald's, Mattel, Nestle, Hallmark, and various other merchandise. The movie ultimately made $253 million, which was actually considered a bit of a disappointment based on uh, the budget and past performances of other movies. So uh, that's about it with with Hercules. Uh, There is a live action version in development, of course. It was announced pretty recently in July that they were developing it. And the, the talk is that Alexander Skarsgård may be playing the role of Hercules. So anyway, David, any more fun facts about old Herc? Couple little ones. So the, the Toon Disney Hercules show that I mentioned aired from 98 to 99. I'd definitely seen some of the episodes. I looked them up on YouTube. It wasn't one of the shows that I was like super into like Aladdin when I was a kid. And the animation is way worse than the movie. If you look it up, it looks pretty terrible. So we mentioned how they didn't really follow the mythology to the T, but if you look into it, they'd never mentioned this, but Zeus, Hades, Poseidon are all brothers in the mythology. So that means that Hercules would be the cousin of Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I did see that. Yeah. When I was looking stuff up, I thought that was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So she should have better superpowers than breathing underwater. Uh, and one last little fun fact. So the muses, the singers at one point turned into singing busts like on little pillars. And they're the same bust from Disney's The Haunted, Haunted Mansion, Mansion Ride. <laughs> one of them has is like holding her head. Yeah, like it's a like decapitated over. Yeah. man. A few more that I'll mention as we touch upon scenes and stuff. 
Joey, did you have any fun facts? Uh, man, I was going to mention the aerial facts, so I'm a little sad about that. Um, main thing for me, though, is like the whole like history of Hercules as a mythology is so dark. <laughs> and just And I know like most Disney stories and fairy tales are that way, but like he was like the offspring of Zeus and like this woman and then Hera hated him and cursed him and made him have to go through all these terrible situations. So I thought that was pretty interesting how none of that made it in. It's the man. Hercules. 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 The myth. I'm an action figure. The movie. And hey, two thumbs way, way up. Hercules. Well, well, it's a small underworld after all, huh? So, Joe, you've talked about how much you've you've liked this movie. When was the last time you had seen it? What were sort of your preconceived notions before watching it again recently for this episode? Uh, I had not seen it probably since, I don't know, maybe college. I think we like rewatched it once just for fun in the hostel. So I have not seen it for at least four or five years. Definitely remember it fondly. It was one of those movies I watched in my childhood that uh, has a lot of nostalgia for me and also has two of my favorite Disney songs, probably two of my top 10 Disney songs, in fact. And so all that put together just made it very exciting for me to get to watch it again and reminisce about it with you guys. Did you like dress as Hercules for Halloween and stuff like that? Or Oh no, I was never that into it. I wish I would have. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. All right, David, how about you? The last time I saw it was at the hostel with Joe. And <laughs> I thought we watched it there. Yeah, we did for sure. Cause I, this wasn't one of the ones I think that we had growing up probably cause it included false gods and yeah. our mm-hmm. mom did not like that so i had probably seen the cartoon on tv it might have been the first time i'd seen the full movie all the way through in the hostel so i hadn't seen it very much before this viewing i really liked it i liked it when we watched it in college and i really enjoyed it this time i love the the gospel kind of track carrying it through the movie it's very different and just the overall just adventure story. It's kind of like a superhero movie, like you mentioned, they wanted to create, and it definitely feels like that. Mike, had you seen this before? Yes. I couldn't tell you the last time. I remembered a lot of this. this a lot of the songs sounded familiar. I'd say like the first half of the movie seemed pretty familiar. And then once we got like halfway through, maybe I never, didn't actually finish it last time I watched it because it wasn't, didn't really ring a bell, but it was fun. So let's move on and start talking about it. Okay, Joe, you've watched this movie again. What are sort of your more recent thoughts, your initial thoughts upon viewing Hercules for the first time in a while? Oh, my initial thoughts are that this movie is great for, to me, three reasons. One, the music, which I've already mentioned, just two of the best songs that, two of my top 10 Disney songs, Go the Distance and the cheesier one, No Chance, No Way, I Won't Say I'm in Love. And then uh, also the two other points to make it so great. I just really like all their like Greek references and like I thought that was very unique, especially for the time to like have that animation style and pull it off. I don't know if you guys knew this, but at one point, I think it's Payne yells out, someone call IXII. 
and that stands for 911 in Greek <laughs> Roman numerals. And I thought that was hilarious. Just stuff like that, calling it the big olive for Thebes, like it's the big apple and great little like one-liners like that. And then the third thing, I actually think that Meg is one of the best and more well-developed princesses of the time. She had a lot of character and a lot more spunk than your usual Disney princesses who just kind of go with it. And it felt like Hercules was kind of the boring one in this one as opposed to the princess, which was a good change of pace. Would you call her a princess, though? Yeah, probably not. She, she doesn't fall into the Disney princesses, typically. Yeah. yeah. She's a villain most of the time. Yeah. Well, She's you... like Vesper from Casino Royale. Exactly. <laughs> and I love Vesper. <laughs> but you can't also say she's not a princess. You know, we don't know. Maybe she is. Or she's like the girl in The Dark Knight Rises. What's her name? Oh, yeah. Ma- oh. I was going to say Mal, but that's Inception. Same yeah. actress. It's just the girl who you like, but she has some bad motives. And has a hilarious way of getting back at, at Batman by seducing him. <laughs> I've seen Casino Royale like a dozen times and I'm still confused by the Vesper thing. Okay. They kidnapped her boyfriend. Right. They blackmailed her <laughs> to get the money from Bond or else they'd kill him. That's it. But then if you watch Quantum of Solace, they come back to that at the end. And there's like someone else in the same situation. It uh, gets yeah. more complicated. <laughs> I haven't seen Quantum of Souls enough to know the past Casino Royale. But there's also the, I don't know, whatever. I'm just using this as an excuse to play some Casino Royale music right now because it's the best. We can talk about this more <laughs> when we do our James Bond podcast. David, did you give your initial reactions? I don't think you did. No, I didn't. Okay. I think this movie is going for it. The music, like you mentioned, Hades is such a solid villain. And yeah. if the movie is a good villain, it doesn't matter how lame the protagonist is usually. Like, it makes it a really good movie. And this is kind of that. Like, Hercules is just, you know, he's like the nice guy. He He's strong enough to do everything. He's like the superhero, but he just has a boring personality. But Hades and the other characters, Meg, the fawn guy, what's his name? Phil. Phil. They, they all kind of make up for the lack of personality that Hercules doesn't have. I think there were some like pacing issues at the end as far as like the last battle kind of wrapped up very abruptly. Yeah. And then kind of switched to Hercules trying to save Meg all of a sudden. That felt a little bit weird. But I think the first three quarters of the movie were paced really well. They spaced out his growth into a hero really well. And I enjoyed the journey. Mike, did you enjoy it? Yeah, if I could describe this movie in one word, I would say enjoyable. I think it is fun. I think... They were able to get away with a lot of stuff because Aladdin was able to get away with a lot of stuff. Like, I think they kind of set the stage for breaking the fourth wall and a lot of pop culture references and that sort of thing. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. They didn't really do that until Robin Williams just destroyed it and did an incredible job at it. And now they're, I feel like they're kind of trying to milk that a little bit. I agree that Hades is a great character. I think he was a lot of fun. And, and the James, James Woods, you know, like I said, despite their toiled efforts in finding the right voice, that's it's, it's so different than what you would expect that makes it a pretty great character. There was nothing in this movie that like really blew me away like others have. I didn't think the animation's like anything special. The characters look and feel a little DreamWorks-y to me. 
they feel more prince of egypt joseph what's yeah. the joseph movie they made than they do disney yeah i could see that um i think the music is is really fun i like that storytelling trope yeah, I don't know. I just think it was it was enjoyable. I don't have like a bunch of nostalgia for this movie. There's nothing that really connects me to it. As we just did our top 10 list, it did not make it into mine. So that kind of tells you sort of where it falls. And that's the gospel So uh, let's talk in a little more detail about some of this. Uh, Joe, what were some other observations you had? I know you kind of mentioned the style looked more DreamWorks-y, but I really did enjoy the style. Um, I thought it was like unique compared to other Disney films and like very fitting for, I don't know, a Hercules movie. I really like Swirly that. chin. Yeah, swirly, oh, there's so many swirls. I really enjoyed like the opening segment. I don't know, it was on the urns and like you saw these paintings moving, kind of explaining the background story of how like Hercules was formed and stuff. I thought that was really good. Or I guess how Zeus beat the Titans, which was not mytholo- mythologically correct, but that's okay. The only Greek mythology I know is from this movie, so to me, it's correct. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and from uh, The Rock's version of Hercules. Oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Very average movie. Yeah. Have you seen it? I don't think so. I think I watched it on a flight once. I think there's also a, uh, well, there was a Hercules TV show in the vein of like Xena, Warrior Princess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Who was in that? They had crossovers, I think, between Xena and Hercules. Xena might have came out of the Hercules show. That might be true. Might have been a spinoff. There was also Young Hercules which was a TV series in the, in the late 90s. Well, and, and hold up, young Hercules was played by Ryan Gosling. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Who our very own Joe Kuyper is often mis- mistaken as. Indeed. Doppelganger. <laughs> I was clicking through. I'm like, that's Joe. Oh, wait, that's Ryan <laughs> nope. Gosling. Just Ryan. It looks like that might have been a mini or like a TV movie. Joe, are you sure why that this isn't the reason why you love Hercules? <laughs> I love this because I am Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he is really young. Yeah. It looks like there's multiple versions of young Hercules, but at least in one of them it was Ryan Gosling. So <laughs> well, I guess I know what I'm watching this weekend. <laughs> you do look a lot like him. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, even I can see it. <laughs> Man, he's in some good movies now. Yeah. Oh, he's really funny. coming to his own. That is funny. I mentioned earlier that Phil, I thought Phil was very much a Yoda character and he kind of Yoda Obi-Wan combo. Uh, Hercules shows up in sort of his town and he is asking for the Phil character. And he, it's very, very similar to, to Luke landing on Dagobah. He sort of refuses, but then yeah. agree, then reluctantly agrees. What's the matter? You never seen a Seda before? Uh, no. Can you help us? We're looking for someone called Philoctetes. <laughs> Call me Phil. Well, and then he takes him to Thebes, which they're like standing up on a cliff overlooking, which is totally most icely spaceport. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Is that all one town? One town, a million troubles. The one and only Thebes. The big olive itself. And then they enter Thebes, and there's a guy who's like trying to sell him a, a sundial, and it's like <laughs> just like the Death Sticks guy from, uh, from, from Coruscant. <laughs> 
throwing these all throwing all these references in here <laughs> it, it, it was very much uh i mean that sort of reluctant mentor character which you get in, in all sorts of different movies but it just reminded me a lot of star wars and then yeah I, I did i did actually really like the sort of montage where hercules is now famous yeah and you mentioned joe the shoes the the air hercs <laughs> he's putting his hands in like the walk of fame that was that was a fun montage where he's sort of be- becoming becoming the hero interestingly the uh when Payne wears the air hercs and Hades turns around and he says, what are those? It just instantly made me think of like the whole like, what are those? You know, <laughs> the white shoes. Because I think they're like white shoes and he just says that. I thought that was hilarious. This was Yeah, maybe that was before. the original meme. I think it was. One other thing I noticed that was sort of a reference to another Disney movie was... There's the scene where they're looking at this, the, the, there's the statue and he throws the disc and it knocks the arms off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I think that's the Venus statue, I think is what it is. Sort of a famous statue. This is very reminiscent of, of Aladdin where they're, where they're flying on the magic carpet and they fly past the Sphinx and yep. the guy <laughs> turns his head and knocks the nose off. Yeah. So, Disney movies altering historical sculptures one at a time. At one point, Hercules puts on a lion skin and it's Scar from Lion King. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's like a huge one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like draped over his head. So we had that and we had the uh, the Haunted Mansion statues. There is a scene with a guy sort of forging lightning bolts and there's some black cauldrons nearby. That is strange. <laughs> I don't get like what powers... Do the gods actually have like how do they all lose to the titans i don't really get that doesn't make sense and how could hades have a special potion that turns you mortal but, like, but zeus, zeus not have the reverse yeah, potion yeah that turns you into immortal <laughs> look guys sometimes you just need to suspend reality <laughs> one little another fun fact the hydra scene the first monster scene he fights the hydra cuts off the heads it multiplies I read it took the animators 6 to 14 hours to animate one frame of that scene, depending on how many heads it had at the time. If you look at footage of this, they're, you know, on old CRT monitors and (laughs) who knows how much RAM they had or how many computers they had to to render these things. So four megabytes of RAM. Really? No, I'm just guessing. I think we can start wrapping this up. I just wanted to mention some of the other songs because one of the highlights of this movie is the music. And Joe, you mentioned Go the Distance. And then what was the other one called that you like? Won't Say I'm in Love, I think. Yeah. Uh, something like that. I prefer some of the other songs. I really like that Gospel Truth opening number yeah. and then the Zero to Hero song, which which I believe is the song that's during the, the, the montage I was talking about. Those are just super fun, energetic. And those are some toe tappers, certainly. Oh, absolutely. I think Go the Distance just has that like motivational factor for me. Like that one and uh, the Mulan song, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Like those, I would put those two on a workout playlist and happily get motivated. And, and Go the Distance is it's, it's like the, the let it go of this movie. It really is. I will find my way. I can go the distance. I'll be there someday. If I can be strong. Okay, well let's uh, let's let's wrap this up, Joe. It is the duty of our guests to create a rating system specifically for this movie. So, what do you got? All right. Well, I think it's only fitting um, that we we rate this as it should be rated from zero to hero. <laughs> <laughs> 
David need, David's going to need a number, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's rate it from zero to 12 because there were 12 Olympic gods, I believe. I don't know if that's accurate, but it sounds right in my head. So we're going to go from zero to 12. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, you All can right. start. Give us your ratings from zero to 12 and uh, give us your final thoughts. I'm going to give it a 10. I think it's, it's, a, it's a very good movie to me. Uh, obviously not on par with some of the great movies, but man, it has that nostalgia factor. And I think 10 out of 12, you're only missing those two gods, makes for a great number. Davey. Uh, I put this one at number four in my top 10, and I am happy that I did that because I still think that it is such a solid movie, very entertaining. I would give this a 10.2 out of 12 Olympic Greek gods. Nice. That would be an 85% if you were wondering. <laughs> Quick math. I used my computer's calculator. Oh, that's cheap. <laughs> Hercules, I would probably give this a 7 out of 12. Oh, wow. Almost That's not 50%. That bad. That's not that bad. It's pretty bad. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was enjoyable. Wait, what, is, I, the, what is the percentage of that? I don't, go with, I don't go with percentages. The Hercules 2014 movie with, with The Rock is at 58% exactly on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't think percentages, though. I think like out of stars. Okay. So I've said this before, but like three and a half stars out of five is still pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But your score is like a 2.8 out of five. Okay. Well, that's still not terrible. <laughs> Look, you rate it how you want. Just know that you're wrong. And that's all that matters. <laughs> so with that, we will end this show. Joe Kuiper, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this one immensely and more so than fun and fancy free. <laughs> <laughs> and David, thanks again for joining me as always i'm a damsel i'm in distress i can handle this have a nice day <laughs> <laughs> all right and thanks everyone for listening uh remember you can check us out everywhere on the internet at disney 1x1 and please leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts next week we have mulan from 1998 we will make Woo-hoo. a man out of you and we'll talk about mulan so we'll see you then oh my Bye-bye. favorite disney song Adios, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. (laughs) 